welcome to the Love Well podcast. Glad that you guys are with me uh, this week, and we are continuing our series on um, uh, real talk, real people. As you can see, we've got multiple people this week, and uh, the reason is real we're going to have. That's right. <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have a conversation um, uh, with uh, Damon and Nick here. Uh, just kind of talking through uh, a little bit more about systemic racism. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, is is police brutality racially motivated? Some of those kinds of questions. So, uh, so hopefully you'll stick around. Would encourage you to uh, drop some questions uh, in in the comment sections. Uh, whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, uh, you can do that. And at the end, we will we'll throw up some questions. If we've got time and kind of see see what these guys think and how they respond to those um so but uh before we get started uh oh it's so weird there's three of us on the screen so my little pointing thing doesn't work anymore all right uh so subscribe to the podcast uh and anything else that i write and publish at uh, danielmrose.com it'll stuff will just drop right into your inbox um the archive of this message, uh, this conversation will be at uh, youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. And uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. Um, and uh, if you want to, after listening to everybody talk and hang out, if you want to connect with Nick, you can do so on Insta uh, at Nick Stumphauser. Uh, you can also connect with Damon on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Damon Infinitely More or on his uh, personal website, DamonMoore.com. I am DamonMoore.com. So, I, I am DamonMoore.com. Oh, man. Now so I have to fix it. All right. I'm going to get that off before somebody goes to the wrong website. Yeah, I don't know who, who owns that one, but it was too expensive right. for me. <laughs> so, yes, connect with Damon at I am DamonMoore.com. We'll get it fixed uh, at some point while you guys are, are, are talking. I'll just fix it. And, you know, pretend like I'm listening to you. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, so guys, uh, super glad that you guys are, are here and uh, willing to want to engage in this conversation. We've had a few weeks of, of talking to individuals. Um, and uh, so this week, uh, getting a chance to, to hang out with a couple of you guys uh, and coming from different perspectives, uh, looking at some of these, some of these issues a little bit differently. So, uh, before we before we kind of dive in, uh, Damon, why don't you just give us a kind of a quick thumbnail sketch of your story, and then uh, and then Nick will have you kind of do the same, so people at least get get some idea of the context you guys are coming out of. So um, I'm originally from Detroit, moved to the suburbs when I was uh, in elementary school. Uh, to if you are not aware of Detroit Metro, it just happens to be the most segregated area in the entire country, I believe, uh, metro, large metropolitan area. Um, so moved to a mostly white suburb and experienced quite a lot of um, interesting stories in re relation to that. Moved to the country um, in high school for a little bit. And so that was interesting. Moved back to city for college have worked in education for a while, was a teacher, currently finishing up a psychology degree uh, as a school psychologist and um, a regular psychology as well. And I've uh, worked mostly in inner city schools 
uh, mostly with black and Latino students. Very cool. Very cool. How about you, Nick? Currently based in Florida. I grew up in Michigan, even though I was born in Alabama and spent, spent my whole life in small town, Michigan, and then got out of Dodge about eight months ago in spent about six months in Atlanta. And now I'm in Florida. Uh, I'm a filmmaker and I do about 17 other things unofficially. Um, one of them, uh, my first film was called how to kill 14 people without saying a word. And it was a independent documentary that I released in Howell, Michigan in 2018 about, uh, at the time free speech and what was going on in the political discourse where free speech really was the battleground. Whereas today, I think it's definitely a lot more of a conversation on race. At that time, it was campus speakers and being canceled and cancel culture and so on. So I made a documentary about that. Um, got a few other films in the works right now, just trying to keep my eye on what's going on in the world because I don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, let alone the next three months. Um, What's your genre of choice? Besides, is it mostly documentaries, or is it um, you know fictional, you know comedy, or whatever, anything like that as well? It's mostly drama. Um, Christopher Nolan esque films are definitely my um, where my heart's at. I made the documentary because it fell into my lap. I happened to be in Sproul Plaza at in the inside the Martin Luther King Jr. Building at UC Berkeley the night of 2017 when Milo Yiannopoulos was scheduled to speak and Antifa marched in and burned it down and there was the whole interaction with the police and so on. And I was in film school at the time. And so because it quite literally just fell into my lap, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to make a film about this. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of making documentaries. So would you liken yourself to more of a uh, Chris Nolan or John Nolan? Or, or do you think you're the perfect mixture of the brothers? I would be humbled to even be considered among them. Um, I love to write and direct. And I know that Chris does both. But um, Jonah is a hell of a mind behind the screen. Very cool. You know, a lot of my background is actually in uh, theater and film as well. So I've, I've been uh, writing for a long time. And uh I've uh, done a, quite a bit of acting and directing as well. Cool. Wonderful. I, you know, I, who would have thunk it that we would have just ended up with two artsy guys and, <laughs> and me. So, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm technically a scientist now as well since I'm getting, uh, just about finished with my psychology. Social That's science. Social cool science. Hey, you know what? I got my degree in psychology too, so I'm, I'm, I'm all pro social science. In just a couple of weeks, Dan, you guys can call me master. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I see it. I like, it. Ahead, ahead. <laughs> I like it. What you, what, I want to know when I'm going to be able to call you doctor. Oh, man, I don't know, man. This, uh, this grad school, it, it took a lot out of me. It was draining. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if and when that'll happen. It'll probably happen one day, but... I'm, yeah, I'm a bit yeah. tired right now. I feel you, dude. It took it took me about two years to actually like want to read a book after I finished grad school. 
<laughs> done. See, I think I'm the smartest of the three of us because I just didn't go to college. <laughs> I, hey, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. You and Mike Rowe agree. <laughs> you are probably uh, most financially set with your 17 jobs because <laughs> you don't have those school, those uh, student loans. That's right. <laughs> I just saw something. I think it was Harvard who said that they are canceling all in-person classes, but they are still doing online courses at the usual $49,000 per year. Nothing like 50K for an online class. <laughs> so. Gosh, yeah. especially when you can access it on, uh, what, Apple uni or whatever, something university for free, right? So, oh, yep. wow. good grief. Well, um, all right. Hey, so let's, let's, uh, let's dive in here and, uh, and let's, let's get rolling. So, um, so just, kind of get in a lay of the land of where you guys, where you guys are both coming from. Um, you know, as you, as you think about these ideas, these, this idea of systemic racism, racism really being, uh, you know, rooted at a systemic level in, in our society, in our culture. Um, where, where do you guys, uh, come at that? Do you guys, uh, cause I, I know you both have a little bit different take on, on, on this. So, um, so Nick, why don't we, why don't we just kind of start with you as, you know, as you start thinking about systemic racism, buy it, don't buy it, think there's something to it. Um, you know, where kind of where, where are you at in all that? I'm hesitant to climb up on the cross myself. Uh, so if we can maybe start with defining racism, yeah, that would be very useful to me to know that all three of us are talking about the same thing. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so uh, the way that the way that I'm that I've routinely uh, defined racism uh, has been uh, or at least I guess routinely in the last over the last year or two um, has been uh, prejudice plus power uh, equals equals racism. Um, there has to be a, a power piece to that. Um, so that, that's kind of, as I think about it, that that's kind of, um, that's kind of how it, how it rolls around in my head. Uh, Damon, what, what about you? How would you define racism to me means it's something that is negatively impacting or denigrating, but I don't necessarily think the power piece has to be involved. Um, because a person can be racist to me if they uh, are running down the street and they call me the N-word. But uh, I think it's a, it takes on a, another level and uh, there's more connotations uh, around it when there is power. And I think it's often that we see um, that. And I think that's where systemic racism uh, comes in. So the, the word racist today from what I've been seeing in the Twitter sphere and public discourse is synonymous with hateful person. And it really has uh, a lot to do with how things appear regardless of intention. So you can be labeled a racist, whether or not you actually hold hate in your heart. 
and you can have hate in your heart and totally sneak by for whatever reason. But I think it's wrong. I mean, if you look at the ideology of the word, it pretty much wasn't used up until about 100 years ago, maybe 150 years ago. Prior to then, people didn't have the software in their head to realize that we were acting based on the color of another person's skin. Um, but before I even take it a step further, I'm really curious, Damon, what do you define as a race? I don't de define a race. I don't think anybody really does. And that's the problem because it has no scientific uh, merit. But uh, most people look at race in terms of ethnicity. So um, historically, it's been ethnicity. However, that morphs into uh, more of what are the main color groups of people, whiter people, more uh, brown people, and then black people. It's usually what it ends up breaking down into. I think that's, so I, I do disagree. And I'm also, I guess, a little bit confused. Well, before I assume too much, would you consider yourself a, a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement? 100%. Okay. If race is truly amorphous, why is there such thing as a Black Lives Matter? As opposed to, I mean, I'm assuming you would also say that the All Lives Matter event is an alt-right hate group or, or just a total deprecation of what BLM stands for. So I think that All Lives Matter is a response that was not said until someone said Black Lives Matter. So the necessity for Black Lives Matter, the movement in general, is that there's been so many historic um, wrongs in the past and currently today against, perpetrated against Black Lives, um, most specifically uh, in relation to the justice system and people in power perpetrating those wrongs. And the Black community has not been well considered, well heard, listened to, and we've often been dismissed, avoided, ignored, or things like that. So the point of Black Lives Matter is saying, hey, we've been saying these things for the last you know, 400 years, 200 years, 100 years, 50 years. You guys aren't listening, so this is how we're going to portray it right now. The problem I take, or the confusion that I have with that is if I understood correctly, race is not a scientific group. That's not, there's not actually a, a border around a particular group that we can call black lives or a black community. It's just more darker skin, higher concentration of melanin. They were, you know, within proximity to the equator. So their skin changed. Um, I personally think that there is a group of people called blacks that they they have a culture, they have a heritage, they have a story, they have a, a, a way of looking at the world. They have a music and it's unique to them. Um, but, and, and that's why I would think that BLM is a group that says we're defending our group of people. And if you say all lives matter, you're denying that we're a group. That's where I'm a little bit confused. I'm, I'm not sure I, I, I get your question. Is there such thing as a race? Well, do you think there's such thing as a race? I, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think black people are a race. 
And I, like okay. I said, I think they have a story, a culture, a heritage, a, a music, a preference, food, cuisine. Well, I mean, scientifically, there's there's no no basis for race. DNA doesn't say that we have race. Now, culturally, you might say that. So it's twenty three and me just when when twenty three and me says that I'm. Those are ethnicities. Race is not the same as ethnicity. And race is what? What is a race? Now, I said that most people look at it as ethnicity quite frequently, and they look at it as colors. But uh, scientifically, you won't find any geneticist or biologist that says, hey, yeah, races, there's a black race or a white race and things like that. Now, there's So so scientifically, then, there is no basis for the BLM movement? Oh, that's a really good way to try to stop me from... uh, saying that there's support. Now you're using a straw man argument and I don't think that's quite fair. Uh, By all means, I would love to be. The science has nothing to do with uh, Black Lives Matter necessarily. So you're bringing in two separate fields. Okay. What field would you like me to play on for specifically the BLM movement? Is it a psychological? Is it a cultural? Is it ethnical? Ethnic? Ethnical? So what would you say about the Black Lives Matter movement? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Do you think that it, do you think that uh, there is reason to have a Black Lives Matter movement? No. Okay. And why not? Well, I'd, I'd love to get there. But as I mentioned from the beginning, I want to make sure that I'm using the words that you're using identically. And when I say right. race, I am thinking that, that you as a black man are something unique to me as a white man. And if, and if scientifically that's not true or culturally, that's just a fabrication, then that's a whole different discussion. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page right away, which is why I'm trying to ask you, what is a race? Well, I've given you uh, the answer in three different ways. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how to better explain it to you. So you said it could be culturally, and then you said that scientifically we don't have one and that it could be ethnic. Is that correct? So culturally, th- those are two different explanations. So a lot of people look at race through the lens of this person's color or this person's color. Mm-hmm. Or they look at this person's ethnicity and this person's ethnicity. But a scientific basis and they for race. So okay. you can take that in any way as you will. I'm just using the scientific term specifically. Now, there's a lot of different cultural differences, but that doesn't mean that race itself actually exists. How okay. race, is a, race is a something that we have concocted as humans to better understand the world and interact. It's how we, we always put things in categories. Okay. So... Black Lives Matter is based on a figment of a societal imagination. Wow. The words you're using sound pretty unfair. A figment of a societal imagination. If it's something, to use your word, that we concocted as a society, that sounds very similar to me as race is a figment of our imagination. We just all agree on this thing that we're calling race. Well, But it's it's just an agreement. And if tomorrow we agreed that black people were actually Hispanic, everybody would be like, okay, well now they're Hispanic and Hispanics would have to figure out what else they are. 
I'm not really quite following your your uh, rabbit trail, my friend. I'm sorry. Now, let me let me let me jump in and see if I can see if I can try to maybe untwine, untangle, untangle some of this a little bit. Just as as I'm sitting out here listening to you guys, um, what I what I think I'm hearing, and and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but maybe it can help us kind of move, take some, take some steps uh, in the conversation. Um, what I think I'm hearing is, Damon, I think what I'm hearing you say is, you would say uh, that race is a social construct uh, based, on, based on skin color. But as far as race being, um, you know, kind of a, the idea that there's multiple races, you would say, no, that that's not really an accurate statement. So white people, white people, black people, brown people, pick pick your melanin level, um, are part of the human race, and yet they are part. But people are part of different ethnicities. So one could be, you know, Scottish, um, African. Uh, you know, Asian, you know, there, there's a difference between ethnicities. Um, and what I think when I, it was, is, would that be, is that a... Yeah, there is some bio, biological um, uh, information that tells us that ethnicities are different. So uh, a lot of times people like to think that, think of race and say, you know, there's different races. Um in a way, they're kind of thinking like we're different species, but that that's just not true. There's only one species, one race, and that's human. And so ethnic, ethnically, there are differences. Culturally, there are differences. Okay. And so then, Nick, what I think I'm hearing you say is, no, race race is not a social construct. Race is, race really is rooted in, in, in a... Um, kind of a, a in reality like there is yeah i think it would be a tragic and i think it would be a tragic denial of the human experience to say that race is just a social construct based on the amount of melanin you have in your skin okay and i think that would deny the entirety of world history i think it'd be kind of like saying that in the history of basketball there's really only ever been one team and we just like pretended to like individual teams for the entirety of the sport. But at the end of the day, there is no Cleveland Cavaliers. I actually have no idea about basketball. I have no idea who won last March Madness. There's no winner of Patriots. I should have said the Patriots because I know somewhat about football. That there's no such thing as the New England Patriots. It's literally all just football. Um, I, I think, no, that's t- like, poor Brett Favre. He and his you know, gang of football players have been struggling every, year after year doing what they got to do in order to win. And I think we should celebrate their unique victory over, help me out, who do they go up and roll? Not about Alabama. Uh, <laughs> other football teams. Other football teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. No, I think right. that we're saying the, thing, uh, the same thing in different ways. You're using different words than I am, but culture can be celebrated. And I sure. think. Yeah, I definitely use the word race as if I were saying the word culture. Yeah. And, 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 I th- and I think that you can, 
if everybody who is ethnically, culturally Mexican just happened to wear a purple hat all the time. It's just, that's what their culture did. They just wore purple hats. I don't think it's incorrect to say purple hat people make really fantastic this style of food. So as a society, when we make racial comments, when we stratify by race, when you go to the FBI or the CDC or the WHO and they say, white people are more or less likely to die from atherosclerosis than a black person based on their LDL levels. That's not because of some figment of our imagination. It's genuinely because there's a different group of people and that's important. And so when we, and the reason I'm going down this entire rabbit trail is because if we're talking about BLM or we're talking about systemic racism or whether or not police shootings are racially motivated, I have to be able to say, well, this group of people is actually a distinct group of people, which I think, Damon, you would agree, given that you support BLM as a distinct organization to defend a distinct group of people. So, so maybe, maybe this is maybe this is the place where we can. Because I think, and Damon, you made a comment that you guys are kind of saying the same thing, just with some different words. Um, so may, maybe this is maybe that's kind of the, um, maybe at least that's kind of the place where we could find some common ground in the conversation to say that. You know there is, uh, there there are distinct. There's a distinct majority culture. There is, and there are distinct minority cultures um, that that exist. And um, in and in America, those cultures, by and large, have broken down uh, across skin color. Can is that? Can we? Can we find common ground there to to say that that's a that's at least a a fair assessment of of the situation? Yeah, agreed. Okay, all right. So, um, so Damon, as as you as you think about some of these things, um, you know, where where are you at with? Um, or how do you see, how do you see some of these systemic questions related to, um, you know, ma- majority minority cultures uh, based in skin color? Uh, where, where, how, how do you see that playing out in, in our in our society, or do you see it playing out in our society? Could you elaborate a little bit more so I can make sure I understand what you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think. I think sometimes we can, we can, I think all of us can agree that there are, there are some really lousy people. There are some really just lousy individuals. The guy who's going to sit on his front porch and yell out at yell the N word at you as you go jogging by. Um, but I think where some people kind of diverge is whether or not there's something more at a societal level. At a at a systemic level um, within within the United States, and let's and let's keep our focus on the United States because um, we're all we're all United States citizens, um, and so you know, do you do you see do you think that there are kind of these societal issues that that are impacting um, you know people of uh, you know, people of color differently than, 
than white folks. So I think we have to, uh, you know, you know, I would say a system, we have to figure out what we mean by that. And so a system to me is made up of a lot of parts. And so in this American system, it's made up of lots of people, white, black, brown, all different sorts. If we can agree that there is race, um, then we have to ask and agree uh, whether or not someone can be racist, as in, let's say they are valuing and choosing um, things that are directly hurting persons of another race. So do you think that people, Nick, do you believe that people can do that? Absolutely. So if a system is made up of its parts and many people are racist or can be racist, then those parts of the system that are racist will be then doing racist things against other people in the system. So for me, a person is a part of a system. We are all different little pieces. If part of the system is not working extremely well or part of the system is faulty, that's going to filter out into uh, how it affects the rest of us. So we can't, for me, to say that race does exist and that racism does exist, but then a system can't be uh, oppressive or racist, that is confusing to me. Oh, you just have to demonstrate it. Because uh, I agree with your first two premises, that individuals can be racist and individuals make up a system. Now you just have to demonstrate that the system itself didn't account for it. And in fact, I think that the system overaccounted for it, such that it's only denying reality to say that a person of color is an oppressed individual by the system in America in 2020. I have a question for you, Nick. Sure. I'm listening. Is it possible that there is more to the story than you're currently aware of or that there may be multiple pieces of truth? Are you asking me if I'm omnipotent and omniscient? <laughs> I don't know everything. No, Damon, I do not know everything. Okay. So I ask that question a lot of times when I'm interacting with people because sometimes we are so sure of our, our own position that it can be very hard for us to even want to go down the road with someone else. I got to know if you can go down the road with me, man. Yeah, I run into that oftentimes as well. Um, I have no idea if I'll be able to convince you of my intellectual pliability over the course of this conversation, but um, I once heard that the purpose of a debate isn't to convince the interlocutor, it's to convince the audience. So I'm, I'm not here to convince you, though I think it would be cool if you and I ended this in agreement. Um, I think it's for you know anyone who tunes in to to hear something from my side that they haven't heard before, and so I'm going to do everything that I can to to support that as coherently as I can. Awesome, that's great. And I didn't come here to debate at all. I just came here to listen. Really, you know, I think I would love to if if you're if that's the case. I have a few things to kind of circle back to. You asked me if I think BLM is an organization that should exist. And, mm -hmm. and I said, no. Um, and I think there's a few things that 
I could say to support that if that's where you want to take this right now. I would love to go there if that's where you want to go. Uh, so BLM was really big in 2016 and then it kind of disappeared for a little bit. And then it's kind of really big in 2020 again. And prior to 2016, it was in existence, but not exactly in the public eye as much. That in itself, I think, is an interesting tidbit that only during election cycles do we really have this ground swelling movement uh, from BLM. Can, but can I, can I interject just just one just one thing on that because um, uh, just just because I've heard that I've heard that statement a, a bunch of times and, um, and I, one of the things that. Uh, that's been interesting, at least here in Ypsilanti, right? Um, I can't speak. I can't speak to anywhere else. Um, I think what's been interesting, at least in Ypsilanti, is, is the the local, whatever the local BLM has 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 been really active um, since 2016, um, and so I, I, maybe not with marches and, and different things, but but they're they're very present at a lot of at least a lot of the conversations that are happening with at least within Ypsilanti's local government and um, in different different settings so I'm not so I just I, I and when I when I hear that uh, you know can you just hear that I always like to I just kind of want to turn that a little bit um, so I wonder I wonder what the yeah I mean if you go to Google has this interesting feature where it can tell you the frequency of searches and uses on social media of a particular word or phrase. And you can see it's flatlined up until 2016. There's an enormous spike. It kind of trickles off, it flatlines. And then over the last five or six months, spikes again. And then, well, it's currently at the spike as well. Um, Well, a question for Damon, as I'm getting into the explanation for why I don't think BLM is a needed organization. Um, how many unarmed black men or black men or women have were shot in the last year in 2019? Are you aware? I, I don't keep those statistics on me. Do you have like an intuition based on the narrative? That no, we've but I'm been- sure you know. So can you tell me? The reason I'm asking your opinion isn't, isn't to catfish you. It's because if I didn't know the statistic based on what I see on social media and based on what I see in the news, I would think it was 50,000. I would think that every state had a thousand black men being gunned down in the streets by police officers. The number's 13 and that's 13 too many. That's, that's inaccurate though. You also have to realize that most, um, most, instances of police brutality are go unreported and also i'm not sure where you're getting your number from but there's there's been many more than that because that was the washington post that was the washington post article that came out about two weeks ago which was quoting fbi statistics so fbi crime statistics could be incorrect i'm just letting you know that i didn't make that number up the number oh i don't believe you yeah the number of of white men white individuals who were shot last year, unarmed white men who were shot last year by police was 19. You know, one of the great things about uh, the BLM movement is that it's actually an inclusive movement because the point of 
police and justice reform is something that can aid us all. Now, you might say, well, there's 19 people. That's more than the 13 people. But if 70% of America is made up of white people, it seems like there's a disproportionate amount of black people being shot. Yeah, that's true. Um, if if BLM is an inclusive organization, wouldn't you wouldn't it be strange if they were hostile toward the phrase "all lives matter"? No, not at all. I see them being exceptionally hostile toward purveyors of the phrase "all lives matter." Uh, is that an anomaly? Is that built into their creed? I I don't know. I can only speak for myself and I'm sure you've researched the creed. So um, you can probably see that it has not been put into their creed. Now, uh, one of the interesting things is get upset about, you know, the fact that B does not like the phrase all lives matter. Now, where was the phrase before black lives matter? Where was the outcry if of I'll tell you exactly where the phrase all the white was. people? Well, if, I'll, I'll give you a second to continue in just a minute. I want to say a few things. But where were all the white people upset with all the white people getting killed? Since that is part of the you know thing. Now we don't typically when someone says, "Hey, let's go ahead and race for the cure for breast cancer," we don't say, "Well, I mean, colon cancer matters too." I mean, come on. So we are. It's explicitly trying to point out that there are some very large challenges in America and disproportionate treatments, unfair treatments, unequitable treatments of black people in America. So two, there were two points in there. The first is that you were looking for where's the phrase all lives matter. It was actually penned in 1776 when it said we are endowed by our creator by certain inalienable rights that all men are created equal. Well, come on, man. You know, that's not true because they didn't even think that uh, black people were men back then. You got to you got to try harder than that one. Really? They didn't they didn't think that even though the the founding fathers, some of them were abolitionists and that it was the the white Christians who abolished slavery in this country, which is the only country to ever abolish slavery first, even though the country that they purchased the slaves from was purveying slavery black on black. Really? Uh, it seems like you're, you're jumping around to a lot of things. So I'm uh, saying it was, it was the founding fathers and those who came after them that dissolved the institution of slavery. They were no, very aware when they definitely didn't. They were actually, uh, you know, they were slaveholders. They, mm -hmm. yeah, and they they weren't abolitionists. Most of them, they they didn't even believe that black people were people at that point. So when they said all men were created equal, they weren't talking about us. So the Thirteenth Amendment was a fluke. The the amendment mm -hmm. amend. So yeah. founding fathers versus amendment. We're talking about two different things. Yeah, they're amending the entire course of world history. Don't you think that's pretty significant? Don't you think it's a bit enlightened for them to be the ones that came up with that idea? When today, right now, today, there's over 24 million human beings in slavery at present. Yeah, 24 still, million. In, there's in, more people enslaved currently than there I ever was in history. Yep. yep, ever in history. Mm -hmm. And there are still plenty of... Uh, 
Middle Eastern countries. There's still plenty of African countries that are engaged in slavery based well, on race or based on sexuality. Every country is actually engaged in slavery because there's high amounts of trafficking. But I'm not quite sure. I think we're agreeing on a lot of these same things. Sure. Uh, and the second point that you said was that there's a disproportionate effect on persons of color, specifically black individuals. Thus, the BLM movement is justified. I pushed back on that with just one simple statistic, which you said was fallacious. And that is that it's 13 verse 19. Okay. Well, well it still shows you though, that if black people are 30% of the population and our numbers are rivaling 70% of the population, you, you've just proved that there is a dis- Damon, what percentage of the of the United States population is responsible for over 60 percent of violent crime? Now, that's a really great question. There's a lot of statistics that show that black people and white people commit crimes at the exact same rates. But black people are jailed at much higher rates. Uh, yes. And, so we're arrested adjust, at higher rates. and when you adjust for rap sheets and when you adjust for prior convictions, that number is completely normalized. So when we're talking, when you're asking who is committing the crimes, black people are committing the crimes at the same rates as white people. So, um, so that's not true either. So interracial violent crime incidents, 2018 Bureau of Justice Statistics, National Crime Victimization Survey. So black on white, half a million, 547,000. Black on Hispanic, 11, uh, 111,000. White on black is 59,000. Thousand, so you have one tenth. You have one tenth the amount of white people killing black people, at least in 2018, unless this train, this trend completely upended itself. Well, uh, not, you're you're actually wait. saying something very different than what I'm saying. I'm saying that black people commit crimes at the same rates as white people. So now, I'm talking. I'm just gave you a statistic that's, that disagreed with that per person per capita sort of sort of thing. Now that is not going to necessarily mean that they're the same numbers though. No, I'm aware. I'm aware. So what, what I'm, what I just gave you right now was a statistic that disagreed with that sentence. Okay. So we have the entirety of the United States. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody included, not per capita, everybody included. Mm-hmm. And you have the number of black individuals who have killed a white individual. I'm sorry, violent crime. We don't know if they're dead or not. And you have, Black on white is over a half a million. And then you have white on black. That's just over 50,000. So you have a 10 to 1 ratio for the entire year of all human beings included. Yeah, so that, that's a really great statistic to bring bring up. Um, you know, and I had actually just addressed that when I said that we are often jailed, arrested at higher rates. So and you, I and I responded and said that if you adjust for rap sheet and if you adjust for prior convictions, that number is normalized in terms of arrests and in terms of sentencing. Now, I think that we're probably going to just have a different view. It seems like um, you are saying something different and we're kind of mixing uh, wires right now. So I'm not really quite sure what to tell you, man. So let me, let me, uh, let me swing. Let me just do a touch back on a couple of quick things. Um, just as far as uh, just some just some stats kind of stuff goes, um, give everybody a, a, a beat here. Um, uh, Nick brought up a specific statistic of unarmed people being shot by police, um, and, and those numbers 
were correct. Uh, as far as uh, just people in general shot uh, by police in 2019, uh, it was 370 uh, for white, 235 for black, but that kind of ties in with, uh, you know, that, that raises the, the frequency, the, the, the question of, you know, comparing percentages of their populations. Um, also, Nick said that um, the United States was the first country to abolish slavery. Um, I, if, my, if my quick little Google searching was correct, I think it was about the 15th to abolish slavery. Um, and England was well far ahead of the United States uh, in, in the abolishing of, of the slave trade. So, um, so as, as you guys... As you guys are, are thinking about some of this stuff, um, you know, what's, let's let's maybe re, let's switch over here. Um, we're running, we are running out of time, um, and uh, so I would love to uh, just kind of hit on, uh, you know, this question more specifically or more focused on this question of police brutality. Um, and uh, you know this this idea of police brutality being racially uh, racially motivated or not. Um, so uh, so Nick, where is I, I know I've, I've got a sense of where you're going to come from on this one. Um, my, my, what gave it away? <laughs> um, mostly our texts beforehand <laughs> as I was uh, inviting you. So yeah, when um, I when I actually told you my when you actually told me what your position was. <laughs> Um, right. so, so, yeah, so, so Nick is someone who, um, you know, kind of, w- one of the things I, I guess I want to stipulate before we, we kind of tag into this is no, neither one of you, um, questions, uh, whether or not there's a problem of police brutality, uh, in the United States. Correct. Um, Absolutely. And so, uh, the, the real turning point that, that is there is this question of, um, you know, racial motivation. So, uh, Nick, I, I know that, um, you know, that you, you know, don't think that there's any that there's not a racial, really a racial component to this. Um, so could you just kind of, yeah, where, as you, as you kind of look at that, what are you, um, where are you? Yeah, not according to the data. One? I mean, look at it like this 97% of people killed every single year by police are men. So is there institutional sexism in police, right? Is there misogynistic uh, institutions? Is the police misogynistic against women? Misogynistic is against men. Right, is, right, right, right. Yep. is the police, are the police misogynistic? Or do men have higher testosterone levels? Do they have lower inhibitions? Are they more likely to commit violent crime? Are they arrested at a disproportional rate to women? Are all of the jails in the entire world filled with 90 plus percent men, right? Is this a, a flaw in our system or is this just the trend of behavior? Um, the other statistic is that more police officers are black than the general percentage of Americans, right? So American is America is made up of, I've heard 16 to 30% black. Uh, we'll go with Damon's number of 30%. Uh, but it's they're 18 and a half more times likely to be a black police officer. 
So like, why are is it like some self hatred thing that they've got going on? Are they trying to go to the police to just hurt unarmed black men? I think that's obviously probably not the case. Eighteen and a half more times likely that a black man will murder a police officer during arrest than a police officer will murder an unarmed black man. Again, these are all FBI crime statistics. I'm not making these up. You're welcome to say that they're wrong. I just I go to where I find I can find data, and it's the CDC and the FBI. Um, so I, I just, if there is a racial component to police brutality, I have no idea where to find it. Damon, what, how do you, like, as, as you kind of hear that, you know, what's. I think what, that, um, you know, just because you're black as, or a black officer doesn't mean that you might have cognitive dissonance with how your job or what your job requires of you or what the expectations that are put on you versus how you live as who you are. You know, that doesn't mean, uh, you know, just because you're a black cop doesn't mean that you can't hurt black people. Uh, there's quite a bit of black cops that hurt, hurt black people. Now, I think I would like to tell you a very short story about myself and uh, experience that I had. And I think that stories are illuminative. They help to put a feet to a lot of the things with statistics. I think statistics are great, but you've never convinced anybody with a fact before. So I was, this is about 11 years ago. I was driving down the street and I've told Dan this, I get pulled over by a cop that had been driving in front of me. They had been driving in front of me the whole time. They pulled around, they pulled, pulled me over. They basically accused me of stealing the car that I'm in. They, and so on and so forth. There was, I'm following all the traffic laws. I'm driving in a three-piece suit because I was doing, uh, I was working at the time. I had borrowed the car, but I'm following all the traffic laws. There was no reason for the person to pull me over. And when they said, well, is this your car? I was like, no. They're like, oh, I didn't think so. Uh, I was like, it's my friend's car. And they're like, well, you know, this is the most uh, stolen car in Michigan. And I was just like, okay, what does that have to do with me? So I think... What is the reason why a, an officer would pull over a man, and very intentionally pull over a man that is following all the traffic laws in a three-piece suit, just driving along in a regular old car? If this were a court of law and I answered, uh, the, the, the defense would say, objection, your honor, speculation. Yeah, and we need to speculate. I think it's uh, we we need to speculate and say what is the reason. Uh, that sounds like a terrifying way to conduct a country, based on well, n equals one. Yeah, well, we're not talking about a country. We're talking about this conversation, just my story right now, right here. So we can talk about the country and you know talk about the big picture, but there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason. None. 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 Most of the, one of the things he did say to me was like, I didn't think your eyes were blue. Now he's thinking, and I'm going to tell you he, what he's thinking. 
he's thinking this black guy just stole this car. Now, it's, it doesn't make any logical sense that I'm stealing a car, doing everything, uh, driving like I should in a three piece suit in the middle of the day in this crappy car I just stole. <laughs> like none of it makes sense. So racism doesn't have to be logical for us to accept that it exists. Bias doesn't have to be logical to accept that it exists. And so I encourage everyone, Dan, Nick, all the listeners and viewers, you should go to implicit.harvard.edu. And that is the implicit bias uh, test that Harvard's got lots of research on with uh, many different things, age, race, gender, um, lots of, there's about 15 different tests. Now, it's a very quick way to tell how biased you are without even realizing that you're biased. So um, I think there's a lot of implicit bias. Now, does that intentionally mean most police officers are thinking, let me be racist? Probably, well, hopefully not. I think there are a decent amount that really just do that, but I don't think that most are intentionally seeking to do that. I think implicit bias runs a lot. We, we make judgment calls. There's been a narrative on the, the black community put on for a while, which is really interesting that black men are violent. Now, it's very funny considering that white America um, originally were the ones that enslaved people. They also beat the people. They also hurt the people routinely. And then we were called the violent ones. So it's like this cosmic, you know, big cosmic joke that we are looked at as violent uh, people because we are the ones that have had unimaginable amounts of violence perpetrated on the people that were, for instance, supposed to protect us like the police. And David, do you think that men are more violent than women? I think that you are trying to say that men and black people are the same sorts of things. And th those aren't going to those those two, those two things just don't jive up. So I'm not even going to answer that question. OK, I'll answer it for you. Men are more violent than women. If you do any sort of epidemiological research, if you look at any crime statistic whatsoever, I already mentioned it. Ninety seven percent of violent perpetrators. Right. But race, race or gen, excuse, race and ethnicity are two very different things. So that's a complete straw man argument. Okay, How, what if um, what if it was religion, right? So Sam Harris is a, I don't know if anyone knows who Sam Harris is in this conversation. He's a, an author that I used to really pay attention to. Recently I've stopped, but he did a lot of work discussing um, Islamic terrorism. And he's an atheist, he's an outspoken liberal, um, and he thought that it was extremely dangerous for the United States to continue to pretend that there wasn't such thing unique to Islam as fundamentalist violence. No, there is not a thing that is unique to Islam. What there is unique <sighs> is that they are in a fundamental area. Now, <laughs> they are in a different developmental period than Christianity. Christianity, we forget that Christianity, for instance, was, uh, you know, responsible for a lot of the Crusades, a lot of people justified slavery and racism and Jim Crow with Christianity. So, no, there's two different developmental periods that both Islam and Christianity are in right now. So, yeah, well, that's I'm, true. So gonna, <laughs> and gonna, because gonna... of that exact reason, you can watch a terrorist attack happen on CNN, turn off the TV before you hear anything, and 90 plus percent of the time, you will win money 
betting that it was an Islamic terrorist. Well, we also have to realize who is giving us the news, because a lot of what Christians do that is terrorism, we don't count as terrorism. Remember that the KKK is a Christian organization. So we're going to we're we're, we're kind of sliding here. Um, I think I think it's going to get this is going to get really interesting. <laughs> um, but uh, I think uh, we've also kind of got to the end of of our of our time because um, I want to I want to respect you guys' time um, and uh, and just personally I'm not a uh, more than an hour long podcast uh, <laughs> listening guy um, I I really I really appreciate um, you guys taking the time uh, to to be on um, and uh, I know. I know I learned stuff uh, from both of you today, and uh, things things that uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chewing on and uh, and processing a little bit. Um, we'll have uh, just so you guys know, I'm gonna drop the uh, I'll drop the implicit uh, bias study for Harvard in the show notes. Drop the uh, link to FBI crime statistics and CDC, so some folks can kind of follow up and kind of look into some of those things. Um, and uh yeah could i also uh, give a quick uh recommendation i'll give you the link but yeah. phil visher from uh uh let's see what veggie tales fame he did a great video about a week or two weeks ago um talking about systemic racism in america and there's lots of really good points in there so okay. um yeah I'll, I'll send you that link yeah and nick you guys is there uh is there a resource or two that um you would want to make sure that we drop in the show notes so people can kind of continue their their personal journeys of of kind of wrestling with these issues. No, I don't know. Uh, the Bell Curve. It's a good book. All right, the Bell Curve. Gotcha. All right, cool. Very good. All right, um, guys. Thanks for being on. Want to. Um, want to remind you guys you can connect with Nick on Insta at Nick Stumphauser. Um, you can connect with Damon on Facebook, uh, Damon Infinitely More, facebook.com slash Damon Infinitely More, or uh, on his personal website, and I fixed it, uh, I am DamonMore.com. Uh, Thank you. If you want to continue the conversation with me, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose, or uh, subscribe uh, to the Lovewell, uh, my Lovewell Substack. Uh, you can do that at DanielMRose.com. Anything I write or record gets dropped right in your inbox. Um, and the archive of today's message is going to be at YouTube.com slash Daniel Rose. So uh, until next week. <laughs> <laughs>